It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? You know, I, I think we said this several times, but every single time you do that Pepsi ad where we hear that football season is going to be different, I, I groan a little bit because, man, it sure has been different this year, hasn't it, Marcus? A- absolutely. And today we're going to uh, talk about some of the All-22 notes that we had after watching that game against Washington. Um, Lena, but I want to start with this. Uh, there was a lot of people who listened to the podcast yesterday, and they got you know very depressed about what we had to say and about why this isn't necessarily going to get better anytime soon. And listen, I completely understand. What, you know, We're into late October, and the season already feels over. I want, Landon, you to tell us why we shouldn't be as down about this Cowboys team or what should we, how we should readjust our expectations going forward. Because, again, we've got nine games left. What should we be looking forward to? Uh, how can we save this season at all? I mean, I don't know that, like, I'm, I have anything to tell you that is going to make the – make me make anybody feel better about how bad the Cowboys are but I do think that what we can do is you know we started talking about yesterday kind of just adjusting our expectations at what we're looking at now and I think now I mean it's probably a good idea to uh, at least go into the go into this with the mentality that the Cowboys are not likely to do anything this year i mean whether they make the playoffs or not i don't think matters i mean I, I, yeah I, they're not they're not competing for a super bowl yeah. and we all knew that once Dak got hurt in fact i think even before that we kind of had a feeling that this wasn't quite going to be a super bowl team sure. after all the injuries anyways yeah, right absolutely we were just hoping that you know there was a you know a fraction of a percentage chance that Dak would get so hot that he would be able to win a super bowl like what patrick mahomes did last year for the chiefs sure and I think that, you know, at this point, once Dak got injured and, you know, I mean, even I think that there was even still after that, like a, well, let's see what Andy Dalton can do attitude. I, I think it's time to kind of put that to rest a little bit. Well, and I think I think I mean, we had to put fans. Andy Dalton to rest, but I mean, I think, but, <laughs> oh, but also like, yeah, I think it's time to kind of just 
it's it, I think you're supposed to readjust maybe what what we're looking for when we're watching the games, you know? And yeah, I, and that's what, that's what I really want to talk about. What should we be looking for now? Because now, I mean, the ultimate score, the score doesn't ultimately matter now. Of course, we want to see the Cowboys be more competitive than we've seen over the last couple of weeks, but the ultimate score doesn't matter. It's almost like a preseason game, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, ultimately, that's what we're talking about now is that we're, we're, we're at a spot, and, and again, this is not so that the Cowboys fans are necessarily – uh, you know, super used to. Uh, this is not a situation the cow. A lot of Cowboys fans have been in in a long time. If you think about with the Garrett era, they they usually have been in competition all the way until at least December or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is something that you know that I think other teams around the league have to deal with you know, more often than the Cowboys had at least in the last decade. And that's you know what happens when the the season is not even close to being done but your likelihood of anything happening this season has basically gone out the window and i think right. that ultimately what you have to do is, is kind of start looking at the game as an evaluation period for young players you're trying to see exactly who you have uh, uh you know in-house that that you feel like might be worth keeping for next year and and start looking at the problematic areas of this team and trying to determine exactly, you know, what what's the cause of this problem? Does, is this a talent issue? Is this a scheme issue? There's a lot of examination. There's a lot of stuff that you can do as a Cowboys fan to kind of keep you occupied and, and interested and, and, you know, still in the realm of Cowboys football uh, without having to kind of, I guess, live and die by every yeah. single terrible yeah. thing that's going to happen to the Cowboys on the field. Absolutely. And so let's go ahead and kind of with that frame, you know, of, of mind or, you know, state of mind there. Uh, let's talk about this game. Um, I want to start with the interior offensive line because I thought for the most part, those guys were okay considering the circumstances. Um, let's talk about Tyler Biotish, Connor McGovern, Connor Williams. I saw some people on Twitter uh, talking about Connor McGovern uh, struggling. I saw a Michael Galkin tweet about, um, you know, on one of the blitzes, on one of the six-man protections, maybe making a mistake. But overall, I didn't think he was all that bad. What did you see from these three young interior offensive linemen? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I think it's certainly, uh, certainly there were mistakes made by him. And I think the, the one that you pointed out and maybe a couple more in the run game where it felt like he just didn't get the assignment right, you know, I I don't think that's all that unusual for a, a young offensive lineman who's seeing his first snaps in, no. in the NFL. Um, so I, I think that for me, he's played, he's you know held up physically, which I think is really kind of the you know, the the thing that you're looking for up front is can is this you know a guy that is an NFL football player on the offensive line. Um, and I think that, you know, he, yes, there has been some assignment misses, like you said, like we mentioned, but I think that for the most part, he looks like he belongs, you know, when he, you know, when he gets into a fit, he looks like he, he can do it when he gets to the second level, he's athletic enough to, to get in front of, uh, linebackers. Uh, you know, there was a couple of situations where he was one-on-one with, uh, with the, the, the Washington interior, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of talented guys they have in in Allen and Payne inside mm-hmm. and and he was able to you know hold his own it wasn't just being destroyed so um I think that McGovern has put some good stuff on tape uh, again you know I think I just think he needs snaps yeah I he really needs think snaps he needs a I lot think of a snaps. lot of these kids need snaps you know and I think that that's a lot of the issue with you know the good the the good play that we've seen on this team 
I, I, I definitely like very much so on the defense, but I think it's basically across the board at this point. All the good the good play that we've seen on this team uh, that that makes you excited is from young players who are very boom or bust right now, mm-hmm. right? They're really having a hard time playing with a level of consistency, uh, but they are talented enough that they are able to make a play here and there. So I think for those guys, you know, and I, I think, you know, I would lump Diggs in there. I'd lump McGovern in there. I, I think Damian Wilson to a certain degree. Biotish uh, Don, is the Donovan same Wilson, way. Yep. But I think actually, I actually, we'll talk about Biotish. I think Biotish is just good. I, I mean, okay. he's he's played really, really well. Well, let, let's save him for a second. I, I want to go back to McGovern really quickly. But yeah, um, First of all, I think he's somebody, we mentioned the steps, I think he's got to get a little stronger. I mean, he sure. just looks small. We talked about that when we first saw him. Yeah, and I like think Connor Williams and I, when he came in. Yeah, year, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, this is really McGovern's first full offseason to, to get – you know, in the weight room and, you know, trying to figure it out. He was recovering from that pec, pec injury. So I'm going to assume by 2021 yeah, that is going to be somebody who is, you know, maybe gains 10 to 15 pounds and looks quite a bit stronger. Again, long-term here, or at least let's say long-term as in 21, 22, the Cowboys want Connor McGovern to be that swing interior offensive lineman, right? Because, you know, when you get Zach Martin back and you get your tackles back, there's probably not a spot in the starting lineup. But with Connor Williams' contract up after the 2021 season, maybe he slides over there at left guard. Are you still optimistic that he could potentially fill those roles here in the upcoming seasons? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I okay. think I think he can I think he could be a starter. I mean, if you wanted to like if he can get stronger in similar in a similar manner in which uh, Connor Williams did, I think he can be a starter on this team if you if you need to uh, figure out, you know, shifting things around. I mean, obviously, the presence of, of Zach Martin changes that. Yeah. But, well, but I'm but saying I, thing, I think though, he can play at that level is what I guess I'm getting at. If you're, they're going to be in some difficult cap, you know, decisions over the next couple of years. So if McGovern can show you enough this year and you feel good about having him replace like Connor Williams after the 2021 season, okay, well, that's one less offensive lineman you have to pay and you can devote some more resources elsewhere. So, that's why I think this is going to be interesting going forward. Uh, one last question regarding McGovern before we move on. Zach Martin is supposed to be back this week. Do you leave McGovern in at right guard and move Zach Martin over to right tackle to continue to evaluate McGovern, or do you slide Martin back to his spot and leave Terrence Steele out there on the right side? You know, I mean, I, I think that this is exactly one of those – we have this idea, but the the actual person uh, personality changes things. Situation. Sure. I sure. I think yes. It obviously makes sense to put Zach Martin as the right tackle, uh, because he he's been the best <laughs> backup tackle that you've had at any point, right? Um, but at the same time, it's hard not to get the sense that he doesn't want to play tackle, right? Which like, I mean, listen, that's his right. He's an All Pro player. He. He shouldn't have to move if he doesn't want to. Necessarily. No, I and I agree. So I think that it would be smart. I mean, it might be the best situation for the Cowboys. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do it simply because Zach's like, nah, I'm not playing 10 games of offensive tackle. Sure. Fair enough. Um, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Pepsi. Thanks to a natural lack of athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, 
Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football, but instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. I also wanted to tell you about our old friends at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. All right, Landon, you mentioned Tyler Biotish. Let's go ahead and talk about him. Uh, Again, I thought he played well. I think he might have been the best offensive lineman in the field in this game. What did you see when you went back and reviewed the film? Yeah, I mean, I think he's playing great football right now. I mean, especially considering, you know, where where he's coming from. He's a rookie. He's a fourth-round pick. Um, you know, uh, he uh, he's just playing with a lot of confidence, it feels like. He's moving uh, very assuredly, very, like, you know, when, when you see these guys move uh, efficiently, it's because they're moving with, you know, certainty with what they're supposed to be doing. You know, I, I think you can see it sometimes when guys are young offensive linemen and, you know, whether it's a, you know, it's a, a reach they're trying to make, uh, execute across the line or getting to the second level. Anytime that they have to get outside of their immediate, you know, phone booth area, the, you know, the, the way they move is kind of it's not just about whether they're athletic especially in the NFL at this point they're they're all pretty athletic it's really about your level of confidence in mm-hmm. the steps that you're taking on your way to do what you're trying to do now they 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 scheme this out very specifically whether it's a reach block whether it's a you know a block to get to the second level all of your steps are are very you know specifically planned out and he just seems very smooth and confident in what he's doing uh, and, and and again, another guy who several different times, and he's a center, which makes it even more impressive. Several different times, I saw him taking on uh, Allen by himself. I saw him taking on Deron Payne by himself uh, in, in one-on-one pass bl- uh, blocking situations. So uh, I thought that that mm-hmm. was really impressive stuff. The thing that I will say that he still needs to work on without a doubt is his snaps. I, I think that that what we've seen is that he's still they're slow, man. Yeah, well, they're 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 floaters, and and yeah. and it, and, it, and I don't think people understand how uh, problematic that can be. That's that's I mean that's that's an extra tick that you have to wait for the ball to get to you. That mm-hmm. a pass rusher is already on his way, and when you're talking about a pass rusher against these offensive tackles, it's it's it matters, right? Uh, right. and, and beyond that too, it's not even just that that they take a while to get there. It's that they're kind of they can be delivered high and near their heads, uh, and I think that that's you know we haven't seen it yet, but I would not at all be surprised, especially if we've got you know uh, young Danucci in there, um, 
which is by the way the best hip hop name I'm, Young Diguchi. I, like uh, uh, <laughs> I think I think you know if he's in there, there could be some problems with you know him being so uh, caught up in what he's supposed to be doing pre snap and, and and at the snap that that me, he yeah. that he misses the ball or the ball it's a slightly off snap and he's not paying attention and suddenly it's a fumble. So you know the last thing the Cowboys need is more fumbles. So I think so. I think hopefully Biotis can kind of clean that up a little bit. But I think that the you know not just him and not just McGovern, but Williams has also played well. And I think the three of them interior, like as a as a trio, uh, have really uh, had really good communication. I, I, for considering that they none, you know, none of them really yeah. got very much time together, I think that they stepped in and, and really done a good job of working with each other. Uh, and and those those guys have not you know despite the terrible offensive line play on 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 Sunday, uh, those were those three guys were not the problem for most of it. It it really was the the tackles that were causing the most issues. Yeah, I I wrote down in my notes. I, this is the best I've seen Connor Williams play in his entire career, and it's really unfortunate that he's playing behind or playing with a bunch of guys yeah. that are really struggling. Uh, but you know he used to be the the weak point on the offensive line you know last season, uh, and now he might just be their best offensive lineman. And it's just crazy how fast uh, things have changed. Um, I, I want to talk about some other things besides offensive line, but just really quickly, Terrence Steele, Cam Irving. What did you think of those guys? You know, I, I will say Steele is still Terrence Steele. I don't think we need to go over that anymore. No. Uh, Cam, Cam Irving, Irving was an absolute atrocious. I gotta say. After rewatching the game, I mean, certainly the tackles to me on watching this, the the game live were the yeah. problem, and and, and yeah. Cam Irving was a was a was a problem. But I I see now why teams get uh, infatuated with him because it's the whole thing of if you see him do it once, you can see him do yeah. it again. And well, he's, he's a good athlete too. He's a good athlete, and beyond that too, he's nasty. Like, did you? Yeah. See, I mean, like he had yeah. no issues with going one on one with Chase Young, and at times tossing that dude around uh, and it, it's fresh i mean i can uh, if he's your third tackle and you put him in the game and you put a tight end over there to help him you can get by yeah and i think that's why teams give him so many chances the problem is uh when he's a tackle that you have to leave alone on an island because the right tackle is so much worse that's where things yeah. get to be a problem and but then, you can and, see why they brought him in no totally and i was just gonna say like it's weird because you would think he works really well just the way you mentioned with a tight end on his side and, and, and you know in between two guys so so then of course the natural thought is well why, let's play him at guard but i i don't no. i think he's too high cut to play at guard right? he's I, too tall yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's able to like you know dig people out in the run game so yeah. he seems to you know he does have a nasty streak playing in pass protection but he's also not good enough at pass protection to win consistently you know to to be relied upon there so he is an enigma i could i i I guess i never understood cam irving's constant being re-signed as a as a as a upper you know as a swing tackle or whatever after watching this game i at least see sure the positive like side that that draws people to his game but it, it's so inconsistent it's because well the thing is it could be worse and we're literally seeing what it could be worse yeah like on the, the on the other side Absolutely. right at right tackle you could have somebody like cam irving who is a disaster but at least you can manage that disaster a little bit yeah uh the same can't be said for terrence Steele. no um i've got one more note on offense before we move on and this again i'm trying to stick with the theme of being Encouraged and not being overly depressing. (laughs) 
One of the things that I have taken away from this season that's been a relatively good thing for the Cowboys is Dalton Schultz. Um, you yeah. know, Blake Jarwin, the team signed the offseason to a contract extension. He went down in week one. Uh, Dalton Schultz was a guy that a lot of people were out on, including myself, after 2019 because we just really didn't see any improvement uh, in year two. Here in year three, I think Dalton Schultz is becoming, I don't want to say like a, a good tight end, but a, 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 a very serviceable one. And if he gets back into that tight end two role, I think he's, you know, I think he's fantastic. I think he's a really good run blocker. I think he's, uh, you know, he's always had good technique. It was about gaining some strength there. I think he's developed in that part of his game. Uh, he's become a more reliable receiver. And while he didn't do a ton in this game, he did have two receptions for 23 yards, <laughs> the second most on the team. It's just that he's becoming a more consistent player and that is encouraging to me. So uh, what were your thoughts on Dalton Schultz in this game and then on the season as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I think I concur with, with what you're saying. I think Dalton has has really developed. And, and, and I and I think we said, you know, before the season, I mean, at least I, I was saying that I thought that they had three pretty decent tight ends. And Blake Bell has actually played pretty well as, as well. Um, I, I think that you know we, we we all thought going into the into the year that they probably would not see a lot of time simply because of the idea that you have three wide receivers that you want to constantly see on the field and and, and you don't necessarily want to be into in a lot of 12 formation but then suddenly Blake Jarwin gets injured and that you know a whole bunch of other stuff happens and suddenly you're running a lot more two tight end three tight end formations sure, including sure. I think they they actually started out in, in 13 personnel and I would not yeah. be surprised if they saw if we saw a dynamic uptick in uh in in 13 per- personnel because of all the blocking mm-hmm. issues on the outside but but to, back to the Schultz I yeah I think again a guy who needed snaps right he just needed Absolutely. experience to be on the field uh, and what we're going to get out of this is, I think, a very, very good tight end, too, uh, once we come out of this year and into next year. I th- this is going to be a situation where I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable about playing 12 personnel than I have in a long time, really. I sure. mean, e- even even when Jarwin was the tight end, too, to Witten. You know, I think that there's still more dynamicism ne- next year, potentially, for uh, Schultz, Jarwin, t- uh, 12 personnel than there was ever with Witten and Jarwin. Yeah, so this is getting way ahead of myself. But like, if in 2021 they need to let Michael Gallup walk, and you know they just want to play a little bit more 12 personnel, go out and sign maybe a veteran receiver, I wouldn't hate it. Like, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they played more 12. You know, didn't necessarily spend a ton of resource, more resources into receiver, uh, because I do think Jarwin and Schultz and even Blake Bell are some very, very competent tight ends. Um, one last note before we move on. Do you realize how close we were to having the Belldozer play quarterback on Sunday? We were one snap away. Yeah. And I, I, was, I mean, I wasn't rooting for it, but... I got a lot of OU uh, fans who friends who were uh, were definitely rooting for it. Just to be clear, yeah, I mean, it would have it would have been a little bit fun. So maybe we'll see it uh, on Sunday night against the Eagles. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. And we'll talk about the defense. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon. um, Finding positive takeaways from this defense Mm. is a little trickier. I will say I thought Everson Griffin played well. It seems like he's kind of shaking off some of the rust. Uh, Alden Smith continues to be, you know, solid. Um, any other take, big takeaways from the All-22 that you saw when you were watching this film? I thought Trayvon Diggs, despite having absolutely get destroyed on that long touchdown, I thought that he actually played, had some good snaps. And, and, you know, again, going back to what we were talking about, the good plays that are happening on defense are being made by players that are really boom or busting right now. I would mm-hmm. say I would say the only other person outside of that maybe Demarcus Lawrence who has been steady and then you know is making plays occasionally when when they're when somebody else makes a play and then draws the quarterback towards him. But I think teams are having a lot of success and just focusing on Lawrence uh, and then Alden Smith is is kind of you know he's he's playing well but he isn't playing I think at the at the rate that he was playing earlier in the season. Uh, and, you know, I mean, probably just from a massive amount of snaps. But I think there's yeah, other guys yeah. like, you know, Donovan Wilson is another guy. I mean, uh, that I mentioned before, right, where you see him get into the hole, come down hard into the hole when, when it's a run play and then miss the tackle in the hole. And then you turn around and see him in goal line defense separate a tight end from the football uh, on a great rangy play in, in a goal line defense uh, to, to – uh, you know, uh, stop the two point conversion. Mm -hmm. I I think that's where we are at this point, you know, is that everyone is playing just generally poorly. And then there are three, three or four players on this defense who uh, will every once in a while break the the mold and, and and make a play here and there. uh, And then of course, potentially, you know, give up a big play two plays later. And then that's kind of, you know, there's nothing for this defense to hang its hat on. Um, and you know, again, like this was a defense that was certainly not made to be thrown to the wolves or to be the uh, the driving force of of, no. of how no. how to win games. Uh, and they're, I mean, they're even struggling beyond that. And 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 so there's not a lot of good play. I think there's you know there's individual plays where some of these guys have pride and they make a good play, but but those, especially for you know the guys that you were considering to be the people that are supposed to be making that are supposed to be good on this defense, Xavier Woods, Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, like these are guys who are, you know, eighty five percent of the, the time they're playing really bad football, and it's and well, it's. I was going to ask you about Leighton Vander Esch because he he's so tough for me because it's it's hard when the defensive tackles in front of you are just getting destroyed on every single snap, and you've got to deal with that. Yeah, but and but 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 that at the same time, that's not what Leighton Vander Esch's issues are. I mean, I mean, well, I know that's what I'm saying. It's just it's one of it's one more thing that makes this hard for us to really evaluate some of these linebackers. Yeah, I mean, I, again, like I think, I think you know he needs to play better. I mean, there, there's no uh, well, he absolutely. Needs to play better. But I, I mean, I think that it's 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 been too long since we've seen him play great. Well, I guess that's what I was point. asking on Twitter the other day. When is the last time we've seen him play a really good that's game? That's my point, yeah, is that I, 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 I think we've been giving him the the benefit. Jalen has gotten no benefit of the doubt, which, I mean, he's playing terrible too. But Vander Esch is playing just as bad and has been playing just as bad for, 
you know, uh, as long as I mean, we've seen a good Jalen Smith game more recently than we've seen a good a good Leighton Vander Esch game. So well, the I, sample size is quite a bit bigger. Well, as well does that does that matter at this point? <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? No, I mean this is the problem with this team right yeah. now is they've got the guys that they spent a lot of money on and big picks on are really struggling right yeah. now, right? Those are the guys that need to be able to overcome this, right? Yeah. Jalen, Leighton Vanderish, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I mean, all, all of those players need to be playing better, and all of them are playing, you know, arguably the worst football of their career. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, all at the same time, you know, and so all at the same time. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just it's incredibly ugly, uh, and there's just not really any way around it. I mean, it, again, all of that with the idea, too, that there's been a refusal up until now, and I think that we have seen the kind of tide turn on this. Uh, to, to to improve the the personnel in the, in the middle of this defense of uh, tackle line specifically, uh, and I think you know no, nothing is going to get better until that gets at least somewhat repaired. Mm. Um, and even when it does, I don't know that that's actually. I mean, again, it's been too long since we've seen Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch consistently play good football. So maybe having a good defensive tackle will help that, but then again, maybe it won't. Uh, I'm just looking at Pro Football Focus's grades right now. Uh, <laughs> their interior defensive line: Don Terry Poe, 85th out of 119; Anton Woods, 91st out of 119. Uh, I have a hard Tyrone time Crawford, that. 110 there out of 119. Be 20, there cannot be 20 defensive tackles playing worse than. Well, hold on, I'm getting there. <laughs> Tyrone Crawford, 110 out of 119. Okay. Bill Gallimore, 111 out of 119. Okay. Tristan Hill, 119 out of 119. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just shows you the problem is everybody on this team is really struggling. So uh, while there are some positive things to take away from an offense that has scored 13 points over the last two games, uh, strug- it's a little harder on the defensive side of things. But yeah. nine games left. We'll see if the Cowboys can turn it around. I know they simplified some stuff on the defensive side of the ball this week. Um, let's see what they do with a full week of practice against the Philadelphia Eagles here in Week 8. It still feels so weird, but if the Cowboys win that game, you you realize though, you know they they would be winning the division after eight weeks of the season, right? I mean, that's just at what point of the season we're, we're everything feels atrocious right now, but that's how bad the division is. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, I I would not. Uh... I would not focus on that <laughs> because I, I mean, like, no, look, we're, we're, when they're evaluating, making right making now. the playoffs is is not a good thing. I, I, I hate to I hate to be like this, but making the playoffs this year, it's not a good thing. But if they listen, if they beat Philadelphia in Week Eight, I'm going to be happy. It'll be it'll be great. We'll have a great show here on Monday. Uh, I won't be upset. Yeah, I, I got yeah, you. Yeah, we won't. We it, we never we never turned down an, an Eagles uh, an Eagles whooping. We will absolutely never turn absolutely that down. never turn. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download it and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Lennon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will be back on Wednesday to answer your Twitter questions. Uh, so make sure you tweet us again at Locked On Cowboys. And we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 